I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We'll hope you join us. Welcome to episode number 36, an interview with Angel Soto. Angel owns the Nerds to Go in Las Vegas, Nevada. As we mentioned before, the purpose of all these interviews, uh, one of the Nerds to Go franchisees suggested that we do a series of interviews with Nerds to Go owners, and it has been really, really exciting and, and enjoyable for me. One of the things I'd recommend to you as you listen to the interview with Angel, Angel was retired and angel has a very specific and very unique why and one of the things that we talk about as a business owner is that you need that why that bigger reason for doing things and angels is is in a lot of ways unique and his story is unique from that standpoint and the other thing that i would that i would recommend that you pay attention to is all of us have challenges and we've got challenges with covid and we've got challenges with customers and we've got challenges with employees Angel experienced a bigger challenge than most of us. And while a lot of us can get a bit of a put upon because things aren't going the way we want, listen to what Angel had to overcome as you listen to this interview. And I can't tell you how much it has meant to me um, to, to have these discussions. And Angel's was particularly inspiring. So enjoy the interview. I retired at 53. I decided I'm going to move to Vegas. That's where I always wanted to live. And uh, and maybe you know see how you know how it is and maybe start an encore you know do an encore <laughs> uh, and so so here I am with nurse to go. So if I was looking through your your you got a bachelor you got a bachelor's in chemical engineering. Uh, used to used to work I used yeah. to work around I was in Dupont had owned the Savannah Riverside or ran the Savannah Riverside for the Department of Energy for Umpty Squat you know fifty years before. Westinghouse uh, took over that contract. So th- there was millions of DuPont chemical engineers around me when I was when I started my career, and and I'm always amazed at people who can actually get through chemical engineering because I didn't understand anything about any of it when I was a chemical engineering major. <laughs> you, oh, you were a chemical engineering major for a very short period of time. Yes, it turns oh, out wow. that I didn't that I was that I was not suited. And I don't know that if I, I don't know if I'm not smart enough, or I just didn't want to work that hard. But either way, it didn't work out well. <laughs> uh, it it was uh, it was probably the toughest uh, the toughest four four years of my life, um, getting that degree. But um, you know, just had to buckle up and do it. Yeah, I, I wasn't. When I was 18 years old, I was not too terribly facile at the whole muscle up and do it kind of evolution. I went to school for four. <laughs> I went to school for four terms: uh, Carter's, both of Reagan's, and Bush's. So it took me a while to get out. I didn't. I didn't just jump right through that school thing. <laughs> so when you so when you when you decided to retire and you decided to do something different. How, how did you pick Nerds to go as the opportunity that you wanted to pursue? Well, I, I was here for about a year, um, and uh, I was doing all kinds of hobbies, you know. And uh, but it wasn't really. It, it, I was getting bored. Uh, you know, and one day I was sitting uh, watching the TV, and I'm like, "Why am I sitting here watching TV when I could be out there doing something with my skills?" 
is what I said. I should, I should try to maybe do some uh, not-for-profit work or do some uh, charity work. Uh, but then I figured, no, that's not going to... Uh, when I when I think about charity, I think about uh, we're doing not, not not profit work. I think about I don't think about contributing uh, money. I think about investing time, uh, maybe teaching people and stuff like that. And so uh, one of the things that I that I wanted to do was find a business where I could scale it, set it up with a management team, and then just run it. And then I can use the the proceeds, any proceeds or any profit that would come to me and use it to invest, not invest, but give to charitable causes and then be a part of, of them. And so, um, that was my, it, it wasn't nursery, it was my, that was my, my, my goal. And so I was looking for any business that I could uh, either scale up and set it up so that I wouldn't have to be involved in the day-to-day operations. And so eventually, nurse to go appealed to me because when I first found it, it was uh, I, I first of all I didn't want a franchise. I wanted to I wanted a business that I could just uh, on my own. But then, as uh, when when the broker presented to me the the prospectus of, of nurse to go, I saw that it had all of the, uh, the you know they would the, the profit margins, uh, the the model set it up. You can scale it up. You can set it up. And I wasn't I'm not uh, I wasn't technical in the field of you know, the details of, of fixing a computer, I wasn't, uh, that, that wasn't my forte. Or, and at the point, at the moment, I didn't know <clears throat> that we were going to go into net, network, direct, you know, network, networking and uh, business, the business customers. But I, 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 I thought, and then, so then I, I met uh, Morgana and I met uh, Sean Hansen. And then uh, when I met Kalela, that's when I got convinced that this was the right uh, business. They had all the qualities that I was looking for in a, in a business. Uh, so, so that's why I, I got into uh, Nerds to Go. And uh, and as I, the more I learned about it, the more I enjoyed it. So I'm really enjoying it now. I'm learning a lot about, about, about networks and business. And so uh, my skills are basically mostly in running a business, setting up a team, developing the procedures. Procedures were already set up here, but you, know, you, know, you still have to set up your own your own methods, you know, following the, you know, the guidance from, from headquarters. So, and that's my experience, and 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 so that's what I uh, what I enjoy doing is uh, is uh, growing the business, uh, teaching people, you know, and guiding them, mentoring. One of the things uh, that one of the things that we've talked about on the, on the podcast, and I've talked with other people about, is that that you know, running a small business is hard. Uh, running a small business takes a lot of time, and one of the things that's important for success is to have a sufficient why the why that you're doing what you're doing uh, is is very important to continue to give you the drive to get up and to and to go at to go at it again and to run it again this yours to to put together a business so that you've got a, a foundation for doing charitable work uh, that that is one of the most powerful whys i have heard as i've talked to business owners yeah it's, um i didn't need to work um and I could have started, and I could have started giving money to charity, but I, I wanted to have a a, a a recurring, you know, like a, a a stream of income that I could use for that. And so the best way to do it is to use use my talents instead of volunteering. As, as, even though I, I would volunteer and, and help not for profit, but it's, it's to uh, generate a stream of income that not only could I, you know, volunteer, but I could also contribute in an ongoing basis so that it would be like a, 
continuous, you know, a continuous stream uh, of help. Angel, when did when did uh, you, when did you open your store? I opened my store in October twenty October twenty nine of nineteen uh, twenty eighteen. Okay, so um, so so you're so you're just just past two years. Just past two years, I think there were twelve twelve franchises open at the time, if I remember correctly. Well, looking looking back, what what do you know now that you wish you had known before you started? Well, uh, there was there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking going that I that I've gone through. Basically, um, when I first started, it was mo- most mostly was um, I, I, in my mind it was, was going to be like a residential kind of deal, and uh, and then as we you know as the year, as the year or two have gone by, we we know that the bread and butter is going to be business. We knew that um, year or so. Uh, but when I, when I, when we first started, uh, we, we tried to follow the recipe from headquarters, uh, to the, you know, to the T and, um, uh, I went a little bit overboard. So we spent a lot of money on radio, which I felt was, uh, the, the, the let's, let's talk about the marketing side first. Uh, I went a little bit more overboard about on the radio. And, uh, I think that was, looking back at it, I think that the money we spent on radio could have been used somewhere else. We did a lot of advertising magazines, billboards quite a bit of money in billboards and we never we never really could put our hands as to if that brought in any business or top of mind because nobody that I know has had ever called the store and said hey I saw your billboard or hey uh, I heard your 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 on your radio uh, we, we probably should have put that money more on Google more on Yelp more on social media we should have probably done a lot more guerrilla marketing although we did but, uh, but we, 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 that that's what in that side and in terms of the Operational side, uh, I started with two nerds. I started with two nerds, customer service, business development, and I probably should have just gone with one nerd. No mark, no customer service because we. Shortly after we hired the customer service guy, we had to fire the person because he just wasn't a fit. And then we realized that we don't really need it because I'm here answering the phones all the time, um, and the business development manager was out there doing the little mark. I started with two, three vans instead of. Just one because I wanted to. Um, I wanted to make sure that if, if things did go better than uh, anticipated, that I would be ready, uh, and I could go to the third nerd right, right away. Uh, as it turns out, we, we hired our third nerd actually a year and a half into the process, and then and then the inventory is the inventory that was recommended uh, when we first started. I still have stuff from that inventory that I haven't got rid of, so it was more like uh, we should have waited. Shouldn't have spent those. Uh, I think it was close to eleven thousand uh, in inventory, and uh, but you no, know, none of that stuff uh, has has stopped us. We've overcome all of those uh, errors, and we, we're constantly learning about how how to move forward and how to better make best use of money and uh, people and uh, customers. Well, that's one of the things that that I've that I've said repeatedly to folks is you know that when I started uh, this small business and I had had small businesses thirty years ago. But when I when I started this small business, everything I knew about marketing you could have written on the head of a pen with a magic marker. That's been you know in line with what you're talking about. That's been one of the key learnings for for us as to how how to effectively market. Um, and that's been some there's been some surprises in that for us. What's what's been the biggest surprise for you as you've opened a, a small business? It, it, you know, it all happened so fast at the beginning there. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a big, big surprise. It's just a whole bunch of little surprises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's, uh, a, yeah, it's, it's you, the, cu- you, the cumulative impact surprise. <laughs> yes. 
well, and 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 well, the, if you want to call it a surprise, the biggest surprise was four months or five months into it, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. So that was <laughs> that was the the biggest shock. Yeah, that's what somebody uh, said. Uh, what's the, what's the best advice you'd give a small business owner? And I said, well, other than don't start a business during a pandemic, I don't know what it'd be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so at the at the at the month four or five, I'm not sure exactly. It was around April of uh, 2019 where I got diagnosed with cancer, and I had to. Uh, I was basically out of the operation for four to five months. Wow. Well, I was getting treatment, and I would. I'm the book. I was the bookkeeper at the time, so I was going uh, once a day, once a week, uh, at night when nobody was there, and I would, uh, I would do the books, uh, and then just uh, you know try to keep my pulse on the. But it, it was it was very difficult because I was most of the time there was just four ones that was horizontal, uh, <laughs> so. Um, so that, that, if you want to call it a surprise, that was a big surprise because that, that probably set me back, well, probably set me back a year. And it, it's all, I mean, it's it's one, one of the challenges in small business is to maintaining faith in what you're doing and, and belief. That had, that had to have been a, a, a very trying season to get through to maintain the faith that you were doing, what you, that you were going to be able to do what you wanted to do. Yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. I, I, that, there was points where I thought about, you know, quitting. But I never quit anything in my life. So once I got through the treatment and the cancer was in remission, I was, you know, back with more determination, hard working harder than I worked before to get this thing to get to a point where we're not bleeding money because we, we were bleeding money there for because the revenue was stagnant. We couldn't do guerrilla marketing. You know, luckily I had uh, Leo that was able to, you know, keep it keep it you know floating until I got back. Once I got back, I was like. Full steam ahead. We we got to make this work, and uh, we're going to hit the we're going to hit these goals that we have. And then we turned profitable in January of 2020. Uh, then we turned profitable, and we ended the year profitable. And uh, finally, the owners the owners started to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I, had, I was I've told the story a couple of times recently. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, and I asked him, asked him how things were going. He said, just great. He said, I just figured out that I spent $150,000 to buy an 80 hour a week job that don't pay nothing. <laughs> well, that, that's, I had, I, those, those thoughts crossed my mind several, several times in the last two years, <laughs> except I spent a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I, that's what I'm talking about. That sounds like a hell of a bargain to me, Bubba. <laughs> so was there anything that turned out to be really really difficult um, that you thought was going to be easy uh yes the um hiring these nerds and training them to the standards that to, to the behavior because it's all about the behavior so get, getting them to the behaviors that you really want them to have out there is extremely difficult this this is a to pay, uh, well, the first, you know, the first business model was to pay these guys around 12 to $13 an hour and have all these, uh, skills was impossible. <laughs> so, um, so we, the first two nerds that we started with, we quickly got rid of, well, one of them left and one of them we made leave. And then we were lucky to find two nerds that were willing to learn. And that was the key. We find two guys that are willing to learn. The first two guys, they knew it all. They, they knew it all. You couldn't teach them anything. <laughs> so 
so uh, the god the god the god complex comes with a lot of technical people (laughs) yes and that's what that's what um and i should have known that because i'm being an engineer not in the computer field but being an engineer chemical engineer i should have i should have realized that i mean i knew that i just thought it was different but it wasn't it was exactly the same thing (laughs) well and not only that but you know you know how you can tell an extroverted computer guy is he looks at your shoes when he talks to you (laughs) yeah no these guys were um you know the first two guys were like they knew every all and you couldn't teach them anything and if, if, if you know any feedback it was taken as a personal attack so uh, we finally found two guys that they're willing to learn and they're willing to learn well I'm willing to teach and so they one of them has been with us for about two years uh, and recently we lost uh, the other one he found a much better job not in computers but somewhere else and then we so we found a couple other ones now we, we're in the process of hiring our third one because we lost our third one about a week ago uh, after we spent there a month so is, is, but, uh, is, yeah, it's, it's difficult is, is there anything that's turned out to be really, really easy that you thought would be difficult? Not really. Not really. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I didn't know the first thing about uh, marketing. Um, but then uh, my, my uh, new business development guy, willing to learn. So um, he, you know, I said, well, we got to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure... I, uh, it's not going to go into my head, and I'll just know the basics. But uh, you need to learn this, and 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 you need to start doing this, this, and this, and we'll, we'll learn it together. And so, um, so Leo has been amazing in terms of social media, um, and, and you know, and uh, advertising and guerrilla marketing. So, um, so he's, you know, he's learned it all on the, on the job, and you know, he's doing a great job. And uh, that, that's one of the you know one of the things that I've been most satisfied with. Yeah, that's, well, I, was, I was about to ask you what's your favorite part of your job. And it sounds like that that's it. That that's, that's the, it's the teaching and, and, and putting heads together with people and, and learning. That's, that's my favorite part of the job is building the team, uh, uh, you know, feedback, you know, not, not, you know, not actually forcing them to do something, but, um, basically just, uh, sitting down with them discussing, this is what the job entails. This is the behavior that are required. And I just need you just need to come to some agreement as to how how you're going to behave, and and if you you know if you if you violate that that agreement, then we're going to have have a discussion as to you know how can we get back to the agreement that you had with me uh, that we were going to do it this way. Well, that's and, what it's, that's that's the work. idea that I, I need I need some buy-in, and right. and by buy-in I don't mean renting where we have to re- we have to pay it every month. It's a buy-in. You got to buy-in. <laughs> right, uh, and you know, once people buy into into stuff, and I also try to do. Uh, in my prior career, we had uh, we had use open book management. So uh, basically, um, and that was something that I brought to the table because uh, I always felt that if people knew what how they contributed to the to the bottom line, they would care more. Uh, so I, I practice the same here. I, everybody, and pray to everybody in the. And the shop knows exactly where the numbers are and how they contribute to those numbers and what they're, what, what they, how they contribute to them. So that's another motivator for them. So what kind of, do you, what kind of key performance indicators do you track? What are the, what are the things that you're, that you're really measuring against? 
the um the, the things that I uh, the key performance indicators are what, you know the number one number that we look at is what is the gross profit number that we need to break even. That's number one, uh, and then I track uh, what revenue per per nerd per week and the average ticket price. And uh, when we started tracking the average ticket price and we set goals for them, that's when we started to see them to pay more attention to what solutions they were selling to the, to the customer. So, and, 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 and we had extreme differences between the two, the two technicians like in terms of the, the average price for tickets. So then we're trying to drive it so that they get to the same, to the same level. And so, yeah, so those are the, the, the key. And then of course we measured other, a whole bunch of other stuff, but in terms of the, the key uh, numbers, just the gross profit, uh, and, uh, and price per ticket and total price, total sales for, for, t- for nerd. Sharing and teaching and, and developing is your favorite part of what you do. What's your, what's your least favorite part? Doing the books, which I just hired a bookkeeper to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, but we had to do it. You know, it's cheaper to do it yourself uh, and to hire a bookkeeper. Uh, but we got to a point where now it was taking uh, it's taking me three, four, five hours a day sometimes when we got really busy to do the books. And uh, then I have no time to spend uh, coaching, uh, watching what's going on, visiting customers, attending, uh, you know, uh, meetings and groups. Uh, so I want to do, I want to do more of that. So I, I finally uh, broke down and I said, well, we got to get a bookkeeper. How how effective do you, you so you do you do quite a bit of networking chamber of commerce BNI whatever whatever things that you're that you're doing do you do you find that networking to be effective for your business? When we first started, we we, we did chambers of commerce uh, quite a bit, and then I joined another network called Social Register. We did some of that, but nothing has been as successful as joining the BNI group that I joined uh, about four months ago. That has been a game changer. Uh, because we found, I found partnerships. I found people that we have a lot of synergies in, in and we, we're, we're leveraging those. So we, I found a, a web designer, a social media person, and so now she's uh, white labeling to us. So we, we'll we'll sell. Um, we're going to we're selling websites. We just sold a <clears throat> we just uh, sold one um, website, uh, and we have another one in the works. Uh, and we're also, and they're also going to maintain it for us. So we're going to be the face of the customer, and the uh, web developer is going to be uh, working as a contractor for us. And we also have, you know, whenever we, we do get a lot of uh, uh, social media requests, uh, phone calls. Hey, you guys do this on Facebook. Do you guys do this? So we're going to pass that on to to them because they also do social media. They are, do, and they're doing our social media now also as well. Uh, and uh, we're getting referrals from. Quite a few of the members uh, in the group, and of course, when, because of the business that we do, we're getting lots of calls from lots of people. We have lots of customers, so we're able to provide a lot of reference as well. Uh, so, so that's that's one 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 thing that has been very very successful for us at the NI group. And it's, it's only I I only see it getting better because uh, the more you, the better you know the people, the more references you get each other. Uh, the more business you're going to generate. As you've spent the last couple of years to to almost well, I guess really in October, I'm, you're you're at two on two and a quarter years. What are the right. what skill 
have you discovered or developed that since you started the business? I know you you came in with a with a with a sharing heart. You came in with the wanting to teach and and wanting to grow people's skills. But what's what's the skill that you've discovered in yourself or developed since you started? Patience. I I, <laughs> I had I had to develop patience. I, I throughout my career I've been a very uh, A-type personality where I just go 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 and get things done and. Uh, but it was with uh, different skills levels of people uh, and different salary levels. So you, your, your expectations are extremely higher. Well, flexibility in my prior, prior career. And here you have to have a lot of patience uh, because a lot of these guys are, you know, uh, the technicians are 20 years old, 22 years old. Uh, lucky, we, you know, the one that we have now is in late 20s. Uh, so that's a little bit more mature. But, uh, but yeah. I had to develop a lot of patience and uh, a lot of patience with dealing with customers. I, I hadn't dealt directly with customers before, except for <laughs> going out with salespeople, you know. <clears throat> you know, we, in the prior job, I was the, the operations, so, so we didn't deal with the customers, but every once in a while, uh, a salesperson would request that they wanted the operations manager uh, to go out on a sales call because it's a big customer and stuff like that. Here, we're dealing with um, all kinds of different characters and customers, uh, and uh, you you got to develop uh, you got to develop some sort of uh, I don't know how to call it, but patience is uh, <laughs> is uh, the word I would use. What, one of one of my software one of my software developers back when I my, my undergrad is 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 accounting, and my graduate degree is management information systems, computer information systems. So I've kind of done the the, the accounting thing and the IT thing. And uh, one of one of my developers that I had that worked a lot with customers in data warehousing and data reporting, had a sign in his, had a sign in his cubicle that says, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's so true. And so as, as we've, as we've worked with customers, you know, they come in with their, with their laptop and they want us to fix this or fix that. I, I, I think back to that sign frequently. I can explain it to you, but I, but I can't understand it for you. Very, very true. What are the what are the top the what are the top one, two, or three? I mean, just top one, two, or three things that you would tell somebody that that came to you and said, "Hey, them, I'm thinking about starting a business." What what would be the top one, two, three things that you'd tell them that they need to bear in mind? At the end of the day, it's all about people. So um, you know, you hire you know hire very slow. <laughs> Go through all the possibilities and questions and stuff that you can. Uh, Put these people through, and then uh, once you get them in, fire fast, because um, you only got uh, you only got uh, uh, one or two people. They're not the right people. Uh, they can cause severe damage to uh, to what you're trying to accomplish. Because uh, you know when you start when we started this, you're basically building a, building a you're building a name, uh, you're building a brand, and that's the last thing you want to uh, to tarnish it right off the bat. So. It, it, it's all, it all boils down to your employees. Uh, make smart decisions when you hire people. If you had it to do over again, the the thing that you have that you look back on that you would that you we've talked about some of the things that you would that you would change. Looking back, what are the things that you would do exactly the same? That worked out just the way I wanted it to. The location of the uh, the location of the retail store is is critical. And and I think we we hit that right on the nose. We spend a lot of time. Uh, we 
we probably looked at 50 locations, uh, you know, analyzed traffic patterns, went to the parking lots, and spent spent a lot of time figuring out where that location uh, could be. And then, you know, you know, in terms of like how much was it going to cost you? Was it because you know, I, I was willing to pay more uh, for a location if uh, if, the, if the situation was right, the traffic patterns and the, the visibility and uh, the neighborhood. And so I think we nailed that one. Uh, I think that's one of our biggest, uh, one of my biggest, our biggest successes. Is the location is is perfect. Well, and, uh, and, and we're starting to get a lot of traffic. It, it, and it's funny you mentioned that. we I was talking to my landlord yesterday, and, and it's one of the things that I told her is, is, is of all the things that we've done, the the one where I really where I really got in, in McKinney, Texas, the, the, the market was so tight that there wasn't a whole lot of availability that, that was the right size uh, as much as anything. I couldn't find anything that was less than 1,500 square feet, and I didn't want that much. But we ended up next door to a Sonic in the same little shopping center as the nail salon. <laughs> and and somebody that, said that. somebody in in Connecticut said why is that such a big deal I said hunt I said Hoss this is Texas my wife would eat peanut butter and crackers before she stopped having her nails done <laughs> uh, well you know it so happens we do have a nail shop uh, in our strip too uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, Angel, it has so been. we're right in front of a gas station. We we are right in front of a gas station, uh, and the pumps point to our store. You know, it's like half of the pumps. You know, if people park, when they park, they park either facing the store or facing away from the store. So, well, that's we're next, and we're next, we're next to the Sonic. And, yeah, that's a and, conga and, line all day long. And yeah, it's a conga line all the way. We got a window over there. Got got a got a got a you know a, a window that's got a big sign in the window. Just yeah, I'm I'm with you. That I, I'm tickled to death about our location. That was that was that was awesome. So how did how yeah. did you how did you find your location? Did you did you use a real estate broker or did you just drive around until you found it? We drove around first and looked at you know we drove around and, and looked around and see you know because they were you know, you know when they when they were talking about it, it was like A B and C real estate you know when I first saw it, I had no idea what A B and C real estate was so I was wanted to learn what uh, what was that and so we uh, so we drove around and and. and took a look at areas and then once we had uh, charter generally where we wanted to be uh, then I got a real estate broker uh, to show us all the places and then we gave him the requirements and then he uh, guided us he guided us to this place well Angela I appreciate the time and the insight um, to, to hear your story to hear to hear the challenges that you faced not only health challenges but but um, when those health challenges that's it's very inspirational and 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 talking to nerds to go owners and talking to other business people one of the things that's the most valuable to me is all of us that are in small business or that do small business think that we have special challenges that you know we, we sometimes feel like covid's only affecting me or that or that you know just my, my location is the one that's a problem or my franchise or or my employees or whatever and people get to feel and put upon it's very very comforting and inspirational to hear someone who had a unique challenge that's a great deal more significant than the things that a lot of us carp and gripe about and and to hear how you work through it and and it gives a gives a different twist to what the challenges are that everybody else faces on a daily basis can't tell you how much i appreciate that that 
that was it's very inspirational to me to be able to talk to you about those things well thanks for doing this this is great to, uh, to hear uh, other owners and see what they're going through and what, what they learn what they what they struggle with uh you know it helps everybody if i haven't been to vegas since since i've had a nerds but i promise i'll come see you if i if i get there <laughs> please do we'll, we'll be very glad to have you <laughs> Thanks again. We're always Angel. talking about about your pot. We're always talking about your pot, or your uh, podcast because we listen to them here and there when we got time. Uh, and the Catherine Monson one was was amazing. I, I really really enjoyed that one. Uh, I was I was it was it, it was it was a ton of fun. Catherine is just she's wonderful. She's great people, and and spending time with her was just phenomenal. Yeah, that was very inspirational. Actually, it was it was I, I I'm going to show it to all the guys in the shop. That was the interview with Angel from the Las Vegas uh, Nerds to Go. I hope you found it as inspiring as I did and found that there are a lot of ways to get to where you want to go and having a significant why to get there sure helps. So this was episode number 36, the Owner's Voyage podcast, an interview with Angel. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and we look forward to hearing from you. Leave us a comment. Uh, let us know what you think about it and what you learned. We'll see you again soon.